episode of Press YYZ, the only Canadian gaming podcast you can catch live on Twitch every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, as well as on podcast services and YouTube every Thursday. I am the, uh, I guess, variant of Mr. Mitch George, joined by Party Thor himself, AJ Fraser. What? The master of keyboards, Mr. Alexander Cozy Cozina. I guess I don't have a MCU variant then. And Nathan. Yo, I'm a PlayStation <laughs> variant today. Okay, okay. Um, just before we get started, a reminder as always that we here at Press YYZ stand against discrimination of any kind. While we appreciate however you choose to give back to our show, there's no better way to support us than by being excellent to one another. A little bit of housekeeping before we get into things. Nathan, yo, the journey ends tomorrow. Psychonauts 2. God, I hope so. I don't want to wait another week to see the end, especially after the twists and turns we got last week. I did not expect that. Um, but yeah, Psychonauts 2, I might go early at 8 um, if I can make time work. And if so, I'll be posted on Twitter. So just pay attention to my Twitter about when I'll be starting. Um, so it'll be either 8 or 9. My hope is to go until I beat the games. I can't have that much more left. Uh, but we'd love for you to, I'd love for you to join me on the journey and see what happens to Raz um Rasputin to finish off the Psychonauts saga because I can't see us getting a Psychonauts 3 anytime soon uh okay yeah so look forward to that seven hour stream from Nathan tomorrow since he needs to finish the game on stream uh cozy <laughs> next week you'll be picking up Halo Reach for the first time hell yeah uh as we'll get into it on the podcast I recently completed Halo 3 ODST and I want to make sure that I am ready once we finally arrive at Halo Infinite's release date so I'm going to be jumping into the fan favorite Halo Reach uh next Tuesday look forward to it it's a hell of a journey as well as the entire Press YYZ crew yes all five of us are going to be participating in some form of extra life content as part of Team Kind of Funny We'll be live streaming some real cool stuff for all y'all for about 12-ish hours, I think is what we've <laughs> reluctantly agreed to as a 12-hour stream on November 7th. Yeah. Uh, so details on that will follow, but we will definitely be doing a lot of fun stuff. I think we've talked like, I think if we could get people around, like let's get back into Among Us. Cozy, mm -hmm. you and I have talked about maybe having a guest on, doing some Pokemon shenanigans. Nathan will probably be upset that we're playing it like three days before, or we're doing this three days before, before Forza comes out. Yeah, I looked at the time and I was annoyed <laughs> about that. Um, I was thinking, I don't know if this is fun, but maybe um, I could bring my kids on for part of the stream as I'm solo dadding it that weekend. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think we can definitely come up with some kid-friendly content, some uh, some Mario Kart or something along those lines. If you have anything you'd like to play with the Press YYZ crew, let us know because we can mm -hmm. find time to fill 12 hours very easily. Trust oh, me yeah. on that. Mario Kart sounds fun, actually. Mario Party? Uh, Cozy bought Mario Party. That's right, the, I did. The, the, the new one that comes out this week? No, the old one that Cozy bought okay. and played once with us. Okay, well, I have that game, so maybe we can convince my wife to play Mario Party and beat all y'all at Mario Party. But yeah. that's not what we're here to talk about right now. We're going to talk about other things we've been playing, and one thing we did play, and it ties into the Twitch things, is we all got together and played Back for Blood the other night. Damn yeah, right. We did. we did. Someone talk about it. So I, I came in with the most experience. I want to hear from the three of you how y'all enjoyed your first Back to Blood inning. Is, is enjoyed the right summer for Extra Life. Hmm? Is enjoyed the right word? <laughs> I enjoyed myself. 
I had you don't fun enjoy getting beaten over the guys. head repeatedly by a difficulty spike. I had I had fun playing with you guys. I'll say that much. Yes. So, okay, here's the concept. I like the concept of the game. I thought the difficulty spikes, especially because we were playing on the rookie level, were incredibly difficult. It if, didn't... It's... Okay, so it's it's like a roguelike in 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 that you, you go in and things get real hard and then you die and then you can come back in and try it again uh, with new cards to, to equip to your, your team and everything and then go back. It's like a, a team-based roguelike in a, in a way. And I think that's fine for the most part. But like, I, re I have fond memories of like the AI director in Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2 uh, being very, very good at how and when it it threw enemies at you. Like if you were, if you were, if it found you to be like, inc like struggling incredibly, like it may, it maybe toned things back or tweaked it in such a way that made it uh, a little more manageable to an extent, but not like it didn't make it like too easy. So you could breeze through, but like it did some of that. And then, you know, if you were doing really well, it would throw more and more tougher things at you. Um, to me, I, I just feel like it just, decided to keep th chucking the arm guys at us and for no reason and like i could not figure out why it was choosing to give us like assault us with the enemies that it was other than it's just other than just fuck you which i've never had fun with anyway so aj would you say that of yeah. all of us you're the one who is most experienced uh with the original left 4 dead games um, possibly. I played the first one a bunch on, uh, 360 when that came out. Okay. And the second one I played a little bit on PC, but not too much. But, like, in terms of the game itself, like, I, I, the, the core experience I, I am very familiar with, but, hmm. you know, storyline and plot points or whatever, I'm not. So, not well, so. well, that's okay, because what I wanted to ask you is, from the original Left 4 Dead games, do you recall those games being also roguelike in their structure? No. Um, I think mm. what makes this more roguelike is the card system itself. Yeah. Um, because That's because something you can, I wanted to touch on. Well, yeah, yeah because I just you wanna, can equip items. And, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I just wanted to say very quickly, uh, Mitch, and, and I apologize, AJ, for interrupting you as well. I'm, I'm, I'm a big okay. interrupter sometimes. Um, like, my, I enjoyed this game, I think, a little bit more than both you, AJ, and Nathan, but perhaps not as much as Mitch. And I think... My th theory on, I think, why this game partially isn't quite resonating is that I feel like it's not doing a very good job of communicating that it is this roguelike experience. I feel like games like Hades, games like Deathloop, so many of these other loopy experiences that we've gotten over the course of the past couple of years have been very good at communicating, hey, like this is a game where you're going to die and you're going to use the resources you collected from your run to, you know, obtain better items. And then you're going to use that to go on another run where you're going to get a little bit further and you're going to die again and the loop will repeat itself. But I feel like we, you know, as casual players have not really kind of been properly kind of vetted in that ahead of our time with this game. I feel like if I had any expectation going into this game, it was that I was going to be like the traditional Left 4 Dead games, which, as you said, AJ, were not roguelike in their design. And I think that that disconnect is part of the reason, at least in my case, and I don't know if you guys would speak to this as well, why we're kind of struggling a little bit. 
I would disagree on the game feeling ro- like a roguelike a roguelike game just because I like the card system makes every playthrough different and I think that actually plays into a little bit of what the issues that collectively we had with the game were of each level introduces a modifier in the form of a card and there was one level that had an increase in the number of birds and mm-hmm. you weren't supposed to spook any of the birds for extra points and there were too many birds so we got overwhelmed by the number of hordes we ended up accidentally calling um i think a lot of it has to do with i like the idea of the variety of the card system of you never know what you're going to get each run but at the end of the day the game still feels built like an arcadey zombie shooter just with this deck building element to make it sort of stand out from the rest of the pack. And for the record, I, I want to be clear that I don't like inherently dislike the card based system. I think that it makes sense that 10 years onward, a spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead would have something more to it than what the original games offered. I just feel like the kind of usefulness and the way in which the card system is meant to be used could be a little bit better explained. Oh, that's when Mitch died. He flew into the water there and we couldn't revive oh, him. That's a good point. That's yeah. yeah I got yeeted point. off the bridge. That was, that was not, it was fun. Like there are those fun moments of not realizing that a, an exploding zombie is going to throw you flying into the water and you're permadead or things of that nature. I think a lot of it too, and I think we talked about this on the stream, was the familiarity with the levels definitely helps. Hmm. So it does have that replay, like loop, loopiness to it of, okay, we know what we're doing, so just one more run. And I felt like anytime we've repeated a run or we, you know, used up our continues. We, we did better. We got past yeah. that point because we did much better. We were able to coordinate. We understood what the level was going to throw at us. Yeah, we definitely did better on that boat level the second time. Like, because we yeah. had to... Like to a point because it wasn't clear it was that actually, we had to ignore everything on the it way. It was harder just, the second time as well because the first time we were doing the run, it only asked us to plant a single bomb, and the second time we had to plant two and coordinate. And we did a really good job with that coordination. Yeah, it, it, we we actually did pretty well there. Um, I was impressed uh, with how quickly we got across the bridge, and we kind of knew what to do. And then I went with you, and then if AJ knew where he had to plant that other bomb, and that's I'm not shading yeah. AJ, just to be clear. Oh no, no, no! Um, like the, it, the it was, game it doesn't do a very good job of of wayfinding. That's for no. sure. Yeah. Um, and unless like, you and knew like, to look at the bottom of the boat for that waypoint, and like you, I you could see. Know. I could see that it was at the bottom of the boat, but like I couldn't find the staircase down. Like you, th- like the boat, by all uh, intents and purposes, when we were originally running through, looked symmetrical. So I thought, okay, there's a staircase on either side. It turns out there's only one staircase down, and that's on the other side of the boat. And it's like, you, it's one of those things that's frustrating for somebody who hasn't played it before. And I almost feel like it's needlessly frustrating in that way. Um, because it is built for the repetition and, and doing this, you know, doing the, the run again and trying to speed run it and get it, get through as best you can. But that being said, I want to kind of go around the room and get a thumbs up, thumbs down. Will this happen again? Cozy. I, you know what? I'm just going to say, yeah, I think it will happen again, but I don't know if necessarily everybody will thumbs up together. Nathan. Yeah, feeling bud. Yeah, probably. Um, AJ. Yeah. Oh no, I'm sorry. Play- if you have you have more to add to that, Nathan, please. I was go just ahead. gonna say I didn't love it, but I liked playing with you guys. So yeah, I, I am about- more curious to try. I like. Would I play this? Yes, I would be curious to try other experiences like this with you guys, though. 
so. I I I'm kind of in the same same boat. Like if if you guys or like uh, some other friends, you know, decided, hey, you know, this is what we're doing tonight. I'm like, okay, sure. Um, and it, it's an ex- a good ex- it's a good excuse to hang out with your friends, and, and fuck around. Um, but you know, listening to people who've who've played a bunch of it, like and on like podcasts and stuff like that, um, you definitely one don't want to play it solo because you also get locked out of all the achievements and shit. Um, but also um, playing it uh, with randos, you don't exactly want to do that because it's harder to coordinate your 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 deck strategy and everything. Um, and yeah, it, you know, if you guys want to play, absolutely. If, if any other, I I have no other reason to boot it up. I think rather than doing it on stream, if we just played together one night and talked through more of it instead of also having to be on and the pressure of that, I think we'd probably have a better time, but I'm definitely down to play this again with y'all or anyone out there in the community that wants to play more of this. I'd probably be yelling the exact same amount of expletives, if not more. Yeah, I think it's fine doing on stream. Last thing I'll say about this game is, you know, there have been other multiplayer games I played with you guys in the past where I feel like you guys were really carrying me and I just was not doing a good time. I don't want to say I was the MVP, but I felt like I managed to hold my own quite a bit. And I felt like our statistics at the end weren't like too dissimilar from each other. Mine was really bad, though. I didn't feel good at this game at all. What you need to do, and I think this is what we'll need to do prior to either playing it again on stream or just playing together as a group, go to the firing range. Mm. Find guns you like and stick with those guns. Because once I picked up that vector, the submachine gun, I was I was, I was, was set. I didn't need anything else. It's this gun I carried through like our entire run. So right. I think that definitely plays a part in it. Uh, speaking of guns, Cozy, you mentioned it off the top. ODST, it's done. Yes, Tell me about it. I managed to complete Halo 3 ODST. I actually, very quickly, I don't mean to toss a dodgeball back in your face, Mitch. Have you completed this game yourself? ODS, ODST? Yeah. Nope. I I started it earlier, either earlier this year or last year, and was playing cooperative, cooperatively mm. with one Alex Ballant, and we said we would get back to it and didn't play again after that first session. So Alex... You and I played a little bit in did a we? firefight. Firefight we did, yes, but I was playing campaign co-op with Alex. So Alex, we are going to finish Halo 3 ODST for Extra Life. That's what I'm saying right here right now. That's Ooh. a good call. So, yeah, here's the thing. Going into Halo 3 ODST, I definitely had an open mind. I, you know, have been listening to what other people within the Halo community have had to say about the Halos for years. And Halo 3 ODSC is one of those games where every now and then, occasionally on a Xbox podcast, someone will get saucy and be like, oh man, Halo 3 ODST is secretly my favorite one. Like it's one of those Halos that like people have like a cult uh, love for. And even people that don't love it are like, yeah, it's still pretty good. It's a, you know, a bungee Halo game. It's not going to be bad. Um, what I definitely was not expecting uh, of this game once I finally jumped into it was how experimental and how different it would be from Halo 3. I thought it was going to be Halo 3 Meatbag Edition, where it's all the mechanics and enemies that you're familiar with, but you're uh, a lot easier to knock down like a house of cards because you're not you know wearing Spartan armor and don't have Spartan super soldier blood coursing through your veins like the Master Chief. Instead, I got an experience that 
and AJ, you can kind of chime in if you think, yeah. you know, if I'm right on the money here. I got an experience that feels like 10 years of Bungie being pent up and not being able to make other Halo games. Like, I'm imagining in my mind, someone in the Bungie boardroom's like, hey, you know, since we started work on the original Halo in the late 90s, uh, we've had all these other ideas for games that we've wanted to make. We've wanted to make a, like, Batman detective game where you're, like, scanning the environment around you to discover clues. We've wanted to make, like, an open-world-ish city-exploring game where you have waypoints. We've wanted to make a game where the narrative is told out of order via flashbacks. Um, can we make any of these games? Well... No, but you could theoretically insert them into a Halo game. All right, let's do that. That is so like Halo 3 Odyssey in a nutshell to me. And I want to say before uh, you lay down the facts, AJ did not not enjoy this game. Overall, had a good fun time with it. It uh, remains a you know quality shooter that I definitely don't regret completing, but it was definitely not what I was expecting. Yeah, well, on that note, you know, it's definitely like the side project, right? Mm. Definitely, if you if you contrast uh, that with what uh, Destiny ended up being, right? You can see a little bit of through line there with the kind of the more open world sectioned off into certain battleground mm. areas um, and, and patrolling... Um, you know enemies and whatnot right uh so you know there 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 are hints hints to destiny in odst more so than you'll find in, in reach reach is like the next evolution of a halo game where mm -hmm. odst was like their experimental playground hey let's you know we've you know we're, we want to try try this thing out see how well we can do it just just for the team's sake not for for anybody else's Let's slap some Halo on there and make something really interesting while we're at it. So, mm. the, yeah. I also want to just say very briefly the music in that game really, again, sort of subverted my expectations of what to expect from a Halo mm -hmm. game uh, this time in terms of its soundtrack. There's one track in the game, and I made note of this when I played it once live on stream, that is like straight up out of a Kingdom Hearts game. I realize that probably falls on deaf ears for you because you're not as versed in the Kingdom Hearts games as I am, but it's big for yourself. I'm I'm I've played most of them. If I haven't played them on YouTube, the ending. I don't know if you got to this part in the campaign though, where the specific song in question played. When you do get probably to it not. though, it's been it's been a while. Yeah. When you when you when you replay the game, Mitch, let me know if you think I'm right on the money or not. All right, you got it. Is that it? Yeah. I mean, I don't really. Oh, Here's the thing. You know, like with it. with Halo Reach, with Halo 3, Halo 2, Halo Combat Evolved, I, you know, I do want to have a bigger discussion uh, about them at one point once we have our film baby on. So, you know, I don't want to go on a big, long, you know, spill all my guts, hearts and souls out into the floors discussion on what I thought about these games just yet. So. Yep. Sounds fair. If I yeah, if I, I wasn't seem a little bit the conversation abrupt, and there know. and I have no uh, I have no segue. Uh, so let's just talk about all the tech problems we've either resolved or had in the past week. I know we've all got tech stuff on this list except Cozy. Um, so uh, 
y'all got fun stuff. So let's start with the fun stuff. AJ, Nathan, you guys yeah. picked up some new tech. Yeah, AJ, so, you go first. Sure. Um, yeah. So very recently, uh, Google announced um, their their latest line of the Pixel phones, and I managed to get a Pixel Six. Um, so far, I, I, it only arrived today, so it's still very new. But um, uh, so far, I'm happy with it. You know, I think it was a good a good good purchase for me personally. Um, Google has this kind of trade in program. Uh, which I took advantage of last year to get the Pixel 5, um, where you can get up to like $500 for a more recent phone. And, you know, the older the phone, like the the less and less uh, mm-hmm. you could theoretically get back, you know. So as long as it's like well taken care of and you send it back, you know, without cracks or damage, um, uh, and as long as it's factory reset, they'll, they'll determine the value. Um, you know, which... You know, you may or may not be okay with uh, with a, a corporation determining the value of your very well cared for product, but um, you know, I could get in theory up to fifty percent of of the cost of the Pixel Six back, effectively, right? Yeah, um, it, I think. Go ahead. Apple has something similar where I had a, I think it was a two year old. No. What phone did I? Yeah, two-year-old phone because I had a ten and or it's either two or three years. Either way, I I did something similar with Apple where I traded in my old phone for the phone I got last year. I think yeah. they gave me like three hundred dollars for the old phone. So like these companies are doing a good job at valuing their devices as well as the environmental impact of them taking the devices back and properly recycling them, whether it's refurbishing them or disposing of them in a in an ethical or environmental way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I wish we had so, that program they have in the US of uh, basically pay pay a monthly amount and just upgrade yeah. your phone every so year. So they they just announced um, they just announced that for for Google stuff, and I looked into that first um, because I, I yes, actually Canada do, is not included. Yeah, Canada is not included. I actually um, oh. have a good collection of like a lot of my previous phones, and um, you know, it just it unfortunately. You know the the Pixel Four XL. I know Nathan, you have that one. Yeah. Um, I had it uh, as well, but um, I had a nightmare scenario with that because it kept breaking remember, in my yeah. pocket. Yeah. Um, and so you know, I went through about four of them in 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 the year, and the the most the more recent one they sent me is what I traded in for the Pixel Five. Um, but you know, I still think it would have been nice to have that old phone to go back to, just for nostalgia's sake, right? Because I can go back to like my old Galaxy Nexus or even my old um, Sony Xperia from like 2011 or whatever. Why? Why would you do that? Just to remember and see how far we've come. Why why would you ever go back and play like an old Super Nintendo game ever? Okay. It's the same feeling I get. There's a nostalgia but feeling to it. it. I kind of get that. How do you feel about pl- about going to an SNES game that you've never played before and paying twenty dollars for it at a, a convention? Because I might have done that this weekend. Oh, I've I've I have uh, done something similar before. But yeah. yeah, the there was a vent there was a vendor that had a twenty dollar copy of the 
seminal classic Mighty Morphin Power Rangers for the SNES. So you know oh, I'm yeah. picking oh. Not the oh, movie, yeah. right? Just the regular Mighty I already own the movie. So I already owned the movie game and the yeah. fighting game. This is the only one I was missing from my collection. So I, I'm very excited oh. to give that get that booted up at the it, cottage next time. Was it just the cartridge or was it complete? Just cartridge. In box? Just okay. cartridge. Oh. You know, we talked in the past about how I sold a bunch of my old SNES games to my local microplay. It's possible through some unexpected and unusual means that that might be the very copy that I originally sold, Mitch. I highly doubt that it made its way from Quebec to here, but you never know. Uh, but I do want to get back to one more thing that AJ yeah. mentioned before we get to uh, Nathan's <laughs> new fun toy. All right there. Yeah. Water bottle just fell over under my feet. Not a big deal. It was empty. It just fell. Oh, lucky. Um, I have a bone to pick with both Apple and Google over something you mentioned earlier, AJ, of yep. not making things available in Canada. Oh, yes. Yep. Whether it's financing the phones or whether it's the thing that actually bo is bothering me right now in that Apple Music today launched on PS5, but you still cannot use Apple Music on Google Home products in Canada. You can do it elsewhere in the world. You can do it in Europe. You can do it in the US, but not Canada. What the hell, Apple? Give me my music where I want to play it. And that's on this stupid smart speakers. That, like, that's, that reminds, that, that's as infuriating as, like, what, when you go onto a YouTube video of, like, an American-made show that we get here on our TV channels, yep. and you can't watch it because they fucking block it in, like, why? We're right, Saturday fucking, Night Live is the I one that I think we of. Were, yeah. I thought we were neighbors. Well, neighbors WWE share. does that with their clips on Twitter. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Twitter clips and all. Figure out licensing. I know it's hard. I know how difficult it can be. Trust me, I can get to a licensing issue I had uh, earlier this week, uh, which I will do in a minute. Uh, but figure your shit out. It, it's tough, but y'all can y'all can figure it out. Speaking Nathan, tell of us about your tech, oh, uh, never mind. No, I was I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna segue that into a joke about how we're sponsored by ExpressVPN, but you cut me off. Oh, dude! Mind. If only NordVPN. NordVPN is what I use. So. Hmm. Um, they don't sponsor, but it's a great product. If you can get a, get, find a promo code for that that isn't ours, use it, and it's a great service. Nice. Uh, it's how I'm going to watch Dune this weekend, probably. Uh, but that's not what we're talking about right now. What we're talking about right now is Nathan's birthday gift. Nathan, tell us about your birthday gift. Yeah, so uh, I've been using this Fitbit um, for a while now, like two years plus, and I'm having trouble charging it at the moment. Um, I have to, like, tap it to get it to charge. Once it's plugged in. So I got an upgrade. I'm now rocking a Samsung Galaxy Watch uh, Galaxy Watch 4 here. Let me take it off. How do you how do you like that? Because I went and bought a Fitbit Versa 3 earlier this year just to kind of like keep my health um, with my health issues this year kind of like in the forefront of my mind. I'm tracking yep. my heart rate and stuff. Um, and I really like what the what the Fitbit does. Um, I, I personally had an issue with uh, a, like... I had a Samsung phone years ago yep. um, and didn't like the way it tried to not. So the walled garden of Apple, and then there's a wa walled garden of Google and Android phones. Samsung is an Android phone and tries to make their own walled garden of use all our, our stuff. And I just like, no, thank you. So, so like, how, how, do, how are you liking it? Okay. So here's the deal. Uh, Cause I'm all Google. I'm a pixel guy, just like you. Um, the problem is there is That's no Pixel spirit. Watch. Um, yeah, yet. There is no Pixel Watch, and it's not an option. Yet. 
um, yes. yet. It's coming next year, and it'll probably be a Fitbit watch because Google has bought Fitbit. Yeah, and it'll that, probably not be as good as an Apple Watch. Um, but I'm surprised they haven't already released a Google Home or Google Health themed Fitbit watch. Uh, well, there. So yeah. here's what's happened um, with. So Samsung has been doing their own operating system on their watches up until this year. They've been using Tizen, which is Tizen, their ver yeah. ver their version of the operating system. What they did this year, because now that Google owns Fitbit and Fitbits are going to be getting Wear OS going forward once they're ready next year, um, uh, Samsung got together with Google to make their brand new Galaxy 4 watch, which is the one I got that came out like a month and a half ago, the first uh, Wear 3.0 watch. Ooh. So it's not Tizen anymore. It is Android Wear. So I have access to Google Maps. I have all that functionality. You have to install some of the apps, but I've got Google Pay. No, don't get me wrong. Samsung's like forcing me to use Bixby at the moment. Um, oh, fuck that. There is a Google Assistant coming to it. Apparently they have promised it in an update. So Google Assistant will come. But at the current moment, you have to use um, you have to use Bixby. And it defaults uh, to Samsung Pay, not Google Pay. You can change one of the buttons to be a like a Google Pay button. And I actually paid with my cell phone or my watch for the first time today for something, which is super fun. Wow. Um, You'll never do it again because it's super like it, it is very much a like gimmicky thing. Like I tend to have my wallet out for other stuff when I'm at the cash register mm. anyway. So it's not saving me the effort, but that's maybe that's just a me problem. Well, we'll uh, see. I, I find myself not using it very much. Um, so that being said, uh, super. So I'm really enjoying. I've only today is my first full day with it. I did 10k this morning with it, um, and felt uh, pretty good about the tracking with it. Um, like that's obviously an important part. It says I'm at 17,000 steps for the day um, so far. So I think the tracking's pretty on par with where it was with the Fitbit. Uh, I had the battery, the screen on, always on just to test the battery. And um, it was only down to like 60% when I got home from work, like 55%, even wow. with the screen been on down all day. Now, their maximum is like two days battery life. That's the max number. So it's probably under that and I'll be charging this thing daily. But um, like, I know that's what you're going to get with, like, this type of watch. I think that's what you have to do with the Apple watches, too. Am I not correct, Mitch? It's a pretty frequent charge. Um, When I first got it, I could go two days. Like, I, there are times where I will go two days without charging it. If mm -hmm. I just, if I'm if I'm going to the cottage or something, sometimes I won't take the charger. And I'll just, I'll use it. I'll turn it off overnight to conserve some of the battery, not let it run overnight, and then turn it back on in the morning. Um, Typically, though, like, I've got a nightstand wireless charging pad yeah. for my phone yeah so I just, I put, and it's got a little like notch for the apple watch charger as well so i put the phone down put the watch down and i'm done mm -hmm. aj in in terms of like health tracking and stuff like that yep. me personally like like charging overnight makes sense for a phone and stuff but like if it's sensing your heart rate and can can sleep track and make sure you're getting enough sleep and stuff it doesn't make sense to me to charge that sort of thing overnight so like there's got to be a better charge way it though like while you're exactly in the shower? Yeah. when you're in the shower right and so if you could have like super fast extra ultra quick 10 minute charging zero to 80 in 10 minutes or something that'll come um, at some point um this is yeah in like 10 years but yeah um, we're not quite there yet with battery and charging tech especially on these smaller ba the problem is with with a battery of this size like the the, the physical dimensions of the battery in these watches to do something like fast charging like that is going to generate so much heat that you're probably going to blow up the battery 
because of how much current you have to put through to it to get the fast charge to meet the fast charging standards. Yeah. So we're we're probably we're at least away. five to ten years away from from that. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, but like for me, I'm still rocking an Apple Watch Series Two, and I think they're up to like the Series Seven. Six. You know, maybe six it was seven. seven. I, say, I think six. I think it's seven, or maybe seven is coming this year. Um, and I haven't felt any indication. Like, yes, it's getting slower, but it's also not like it still works. And I think Nathan, I don't know if you can speak to this, but I know at least from my personal experiences with having a smartwatch, it's not a product you need to have. It's a nice to have. Yeah. It's not. It doesn't change your daily. Like it. It, it won't change your life. It's so, not a daily device the way that a phone is, to me at least. For me, and we'll see once I'm a little more into this, because I've started doing things like texting from my watch now today and using the um, using the on-board uh, voice to record text to it and stuff. Um, but my Fitbit was pretty essential, but that was from a health perspective, and you guys know I've been really focusing on that over the past year, uh, like eight months. Um, yeah. So that's been a huge focus in tracking everything and knowing what I'm doing. Uh, so that, that's that been a huge focus for me. So that's where it's kind of been essential for me. But yeah, like from day to day, um, it does pop your notifications up. It does do everything without you need to pull your phone out. In some ways, it's kind of more of a distraction while I'm at work. I'm talking it to people. It definitely can be. Because yeah. it buzzes while I'm like talking or doing training. I have to ignore it. Um, oh, how, but how, how well are like the do not disturb settings uh, – in uh like i don't know much about android i have yeah. like the last android phone i had was a galaxy s5 okay uh and then i switched to i like i i was back and forth i had an android phone then an iphone then an android phone then an iphone mm -hmm. and it's been I, iphone ever since uh and i know at least the do not disturb settings on iphone are very specific like contextually my phone knows that we record the podcast at this time every wednesday and turns on do not disturb automatically mm -hmm. for me so you, you can set things like that, like with, with the Google assistant to just yeah. kind of know those things like, Hey, you know, it'll, it'll check your calendar and, and, and pull from that as well. Um, but you can also set up like routines that work with your home, uh, and stuff like, so for example, in the morning, I have an alarm that goes off at 6am and what it, what it does when I dismiss that alarm is it turns my end table light on, um, and then it, tells me the weather what's on my calendar for the day so if i got any like doctor's appointments or whatever and then it plays me the latest news as i'm laying there like trying to wake up and then i have a backup alarm at 6 20 just in case but yeah I've, I've done that sort of home automation stuff previously since mm -hmm. we moved i haven't installed any of the uh phillips hue bulbs that we have or the smart mm -hmm. plugs just because I don't know where to put stuff. We have way too many light bulbs now. Yeah. So one thing you don't realize going from a condo to a house in the condo, we had five bulbs or no, I guess five bulbs, a, a fixture in the kitchen and the fixture in the bathroom. And that was it. And now it's like this room alone has uh, eight pot lights. So it's just like trying to figure out where to put this stuff has been, it, it breaks my brain. So I don't mm -hmm. know where I'm putting stuff. Um, I will say the thing that really wowed me today was I turned Google Maps on because I had to navigate uh, London uh, quickly today, um, as quick as I could. I had to get home because one of my kids forgot to take their pills this morning and get it and take it to oh, school. Um, but when I started Google Maps on my phone, it actually pushed the directions right to my watch. And while that sounds like something I don't need to look at the directions for, what I thought was really cool was when I needed to make turns, it vibrates. 
yeah. uh, coming up to the turns because mm. I've got my maps muted off. I don't want to hear it telling me like when I'm listening to podcasts or music. In 500 meters, yeah. turn left. Drive right. off a cliff. Yeah. Typically don't need to hear that. So it's, but I occasionally I miss a turn at that point and my wife really lets me have it when I do that. So if it's buzzing and just saying, hey, you got a turn coming up, it just lets me know I need to pay attention. It's got, it buzzes and then you, uh, you either pay attention or does it like show you an arrow too? Like, like, yeah. So if you look at the watch, it'll say, yep, turn left in like a hundred meters. Don't look, don't look at your watch screen while you're driving is the only advice I'm going to give you. Yeah. That is what do not disturb is for Apple actually put do not disturb while driving as a feature when they introduced CarPlay. Okay. Um, and I will say like, that's one of the nicest things I like about the Apple Watch is the contextual directions. It was actually really good when I was doing things like going on trips. Uh, mm. I remember what? specifically when I was in San... I know, right? That? When I what was in that? San Francisco walking, if I used... The problem is I had to use Apple Maps, but if I used Apple Maps, then the, you get those contextual vibrations of turn left, turn right, uh, or you're at your destination, whatever the case might be. And you can get that too, but the problem is you have to use Apple Maps mm. and no one uses no, Apple Maps. thank you. I've started, I've used it occasionally. It's actually not terrible it's, in the car. It, they fixed it. They fixed they it, it from better. that horrendous fucking launch. Yeah, I remember. Oh, yeah, literally yeah, driving improved. people into lakes. Like, yeah, uh, it's not that first, anymore, thankfully. When I first started dating Rachel, like we were, um, like this This is within like the six, first six months or whatever. We got, um, we got kind of uh, trusting enough with each other to allow each other's fingerprint into each other's phone, right? And so uh, she was she would just use Apple Maps. She didn't care. She didn't. She's not tech minded like that. Like like say I am or or any of us are in that regard. Uh, so I ended up <laughs> get it going into her phone and just downloading Google Maps and swapping the app from where where because it still says like. It's just something maps, maps right? Yeah. And so I just put it in the same spot and moved Apple Maps elsewhere. And uh, she she realized, but she also just didn't care. So she started okay. using it and has been using that ever since. I was going to so. say, it would be pretty insidious if she never realized the caper that you pulled on her. Yeah, she's uh, watching right now, and I'm yeah. sure she'll have something to say about it. I'm waiting uh, for I'm it. I'm wondering, because I've wanted to, like, there isn't a way to change your default map service which is unfortunate uh, because I would definitely do that. So that like directions from if I used Siri to find a place. Yeah, just get yeah default to this other, which actually that is something like if you have a different app that does something similar, you can like if you have a different email app or a different photos app or, or something, you can get the Android phone to default to those ones if you want. Yep. And it'll pop up and yeah. say, hey. What do you want? What do you want it to use? So yeah, that's not. I, I think there are a couple instances where you can do that in on an iPhone, but I don't think Maps is one of them, which isn't the worst because I tend I don't tend to use Voice for getting directions when I'm in the car. I'll just open my preferred app and then use Voice. Um, yeah. But you know what? That's that's too much about Maps. But I did have to use my map for something specifically, and it does relate back to the tech segment of the show and we're running a little long so i'm gonna have to cut some update rachel says she's not that out to lunch and she definitely noticed when i changed it so yeah you're you're not giving her enough credit um i had to use the maps on my phone to navigate back to my old apartment because Uh i sent a controller out to sony because it had joystick drift 
And one, you have to pay for that shipping, which is a pain in the ass. Two, the address they had on file was the condo. So I had to go to the condo to pick this thing up because they were supposed to return it to Sony and they didn't. Fuck off. I went through such an ordeal when I got, when I got the email saying, oh, it's shipped. I noticed it was the wrong address. So I contact Sony. And if you've ever had to contact Sony, their customer service is really difficult to get a hold of. So contacting Sony was an ordeal. And Sony said, okay, go contact Purolator. They have the package. It's in shipping. They can do something about it. I contact Purolator. Purolator says that this shipment is protected and only the shipper can update the final shipping destination. I said, great. I guess I'm going to contact Sony again. So I contact Sony and said, oh, there's nothing we can do about it. So we'll just make sure that when they send it back, we'll give them the right address. And I get a call from from the concierge at my old condo. Shout out to them. They actually remembered who I was and that I had moved and gave me a call and said, hey, this this shouldn't be here, should it? I'm like, no, but can you hold it? Uh, So thankfully, I got the controller back. It's in great shape. Looks brand new. I can't tell, but it might as well be. Uh, but that was an ordeal of chasing this package down over the weekend. It's annoying that because I've had to send a controller for repair and Justin has has had to as well, which is not a good yeah. track record for the dual sense. It's still not as bad as like my Joy-Con situation because I probably have to send I haven't lost out. a single Joy-Con yet. Uh, I've sent seven out. I got two more that probably need to go out at this point. Um, That's like, insane. Yeah, dude. it's just been like terrible. And two pro controllers from Nintendo I sent out to because they've had drift. Um but I didn't have drift. My the spring in my adaptive trigger broke. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So, but it sucks that they make you pay for the shipping. Um, also, could you not have just driven it to the place? It wasn't far from where you live, was it? It's far enough. Is it it's, okay? So, like, I'm I'm in Toronto, and I think it's in Whitby, which is probably about forty five minutes. Oh no, you're right. That's uh, too far. I mean, I could have, but for the, the for the ten fifteen dollars I spent on shipping, I figured I'll just ship it. Mm-hmm. What's the worst that could happen? True. And that, the del- getting it there was fine. It was them getting it back to me that was the problem. Yep, completely. That is there. that is actually one thing. Really quick before we move on, uh, something that I like. All these, all these companies that are sending us this expensive tech, right? And then shipping it via UPS and then leaving it on our front doorstep when we're out at work. Oh, yeah. That doesn't make a lot of sense. These distribution centers, they need to have a a place where we can just go and pick it up. We'll, a lot we'll go of them show do. ID. That's it's just like. That's part of the problem. Well, and, and so my Google phone came from somewhere in Vaughn, a distribution center. Like, I should have been able to, at any point in the app, like, in uh, like in the order been like hey hold it for me i'll come pick it up it's 20 minutes away you don't need to send it all the way to fucking brampton just to have it go through its own other distribution center and then send it all the way to bolton like it it, it, let me let me just go pick it up if i'm close please these companies are getting better about this stuff i know specifically canada post you can set up a free po box uh that they i think they call the flex delivery and for anything that's going to ship via Canada Post, if you put that address, it'll they'll just hold it at that post office. You just go and pick it up, which is great because I used that to use good. that all the time before I moved into the condo and had a concierge. I'm probably just going to have to invest in that again and start doing that. Uh, but thankfully, I don't know if I told you all this. Um, my work has now told us what their return to office plan looks like. Yep. And? Four days. Ooh. A week? Hmm. A year. Fuck! Nice. 
So take that. I don't <laughs> unless I need oil. to. I'm not. So I'm you, not going back to the you office. Need, for you a need while. A, a. You just go in for a seasonal oil change and basically, yeah, uh, once it. per quarter. Yep. And uh, and you're good. So thankfully, I'll be able to coordinate with uh, when I'm expecting any packages or when my wife's expecting anything. Can you? Can, uh, I, one of us can be home. Can you stack the days that you go into the office? Like if you go into the office 12 days a no. year, can you not go into the office at all the next two years? For three years. No, they, they're they encouraging people to start going back because it, it's a nice office. And I miss being in the office and collaborating with people. Um, but the, they're, they're saying at minimum one day per quarter. So, hmm. um, I think the thing I've got there, I can hold that for next week. Cozy, anything you want to talk about pertinently? I see you still have some things here. Yeah. I'm going to hold mine for next week. If you want to talk about it now or then, it doesn't matter to me. Let's uh, take a moment to talk quickly about Pixel Puzzle Makeout League. It Ooh. finally happened, Nathan. I finally, finally, after I think what might be over a year uh, of playing this game, finally managed to complete it. And I'm glad I did. Uh, the ending of this game definitely went in some unusual and strange directions that I was not <laughs> expecting. Uh, and I'm glad that I was able to experience it in part because if you go on YouTube, and this is true, like nobody has uploaded the ending to this game. This is one of those games where, you know, I heard a few other people talking about it when it first came out. It wasn't utterly under the radar, but it was under the radar enough that nobody has really like done like a extensive, exhaustive, long play of everything that this game has to offer. And so it's kind of neat that I'm kind of part of that exclusive club of people that know just how this game <laughs> uh, <laughs> wraps up. It's very, very kind of bizarre story. Um, I will say to be slightly critical for just a moment that really reflecting on the experience, I really do feel like they could have cut out half of the amount of dialogue in this game and yeah. they would have had a better, more concise, uh, more enjoyable experience. I feel like so much of the dialogue is just filler that drags on and on and kind of needlessly pads things out. Um, but that aside, I still had a lot of fun with it. It definitely, like, as I understand it, this was a game that originally began its life as, like, a game jam project that then was sort of, like, built up into a kind of full-fledged release. And I always do like, um, you know, origin stories of that nature. But at the same time, I can kind of see how, like, an origin story like that can lead to the people in charge of the project being like, well, we can kind of just do whatever it is that we want to do. We have nobody kind of instructing us in, you know, cutting down our story to make it a little bit more lean. And that's kind of why the game might have some of the problems that it does. But overall, you know, earlier this year, after I beat Katana Zero, uh, I remarked that I want to play more Switch games like that one. I want to play more kind of weird, unusual indies that are, uh, exclusive to Nintendo's handheld uh, console. And while this is very different from something like Katana Zero, I feel like it was exactly in that ex sort of wavelength of cool little indie uh, delights. So if you play any more Pixel Puzzle Makeout Leagues uh, in your immediate future, Nathan, definitely let me know because I'm definitely interested. All right, cool. Yeah, no, I'm glad you got a chance to finish it. You're right. Um, I didn't realize that nobody had uploaded the ending to YouTube, and maybe that's better for the game um, because it is really an interesting ending in how they finish the story. 
Um, I mean, it's one of those endings where if we described the ending to you guys, you would be like, no, you're just like screwing around. <laughs> like that's your cozy and up. Nathan making stuff up, but you're making things up again. Cozy. Um, <sighs> yeah, no, it's good. Um, and it has those very undertale vibes to it. Like, yeah. Or do you agree with that? Cozy. cozy? Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so. Yeah, I, I can definitely yeah. see where that kind of comes in. Yeah. Uh, I do also uh, want to touch a little bit on a game that I recently just started, which is Ratchet and Clank uh, uh, Rift Apart. If you just started it, if you just started it, cozy. Did you want to wait? We can chat about it a bit. Can you next just week? Uh, totally fair? Can you just give me like one minute to quickly kind of? Yeah. So yeah, uh, last week I talked about how you know, hey. Uh, on the role that I'm currently going, you know, beating a Metroid Dread, queuing up for Halo Infinite, it'd be cool if I could, you know, get a bunch of other potential Game of the Year candidates under my belt. Yes. Uh, I w- was kind of unsure whether to pick up this game, Returnal, or Deathloop, which are all games we've kind of nodded to recently on the podcast. But I ultimately decided to go with this one. And thus far, I've been enjoying myself quite a bit. Um, I will say that I did find the linearity of a couple of the earlier levels to uh, be a little bit restrictive. However, uh, one of the more recent plans I got to experience definitely opened things up to quite a fair bit in terms of the way that you kind of explore the environment around you. And yeah, uh, Mitch, don't worry. I'll keep it under a, under a minute. All that to say, I'm looking forward to playing more of this game and sharing my thoughts more in depth uh, once I complete it, hopefully next week, but we shall see. Okay, cool. Uh-oh. Mitch, we lost I'm Mitch. muted. My bad. I'm oh. here. I'm. Don't worry about it. I just. I Mitch, went in my muted rambling. Mitch. That's your new name. You got myself Mitch. muted. Mitch said some I, just profane, re- just foul stuff about me going over a minute to talk about. hundred percent. Apart. No, he was just I just so upset because we we had a listener question in our Discord, and I wanted to make sure we got to it. I'm sorry. Okay, let's. Do, what's the question? I must have missed it. Okay, well, I didn't get to it because I was going to say if you have any questions for us, be sure to hit us up on Twitter, any of our Twitters, twitter.com slash pressyyz or discord at invite.gg slash pressyyz. That's the best way to kind of get a hold of us. But Darth Stridius, frequent listener of the show, asked, uh, have any of us ever dressed up as Halloween characters or video game characters for Halloween? I mean, is Thor technically not a video game character, Mr. Avengers? Hmm. Not that Thor. Yeah, you're MCU Thor. Well, we do have MCU Thor skins in Marvel's Avengers, but is this one in it with the not the red yet? It should house be code and the blue sweat. Ah, should be, but it's not. I uh, anyone? It, it's a little bit of a lame response, but I have dressed up as Mario uh, a couple of years uh, for Halloween in the past, way back in the day. Uh, Nintendo listeners might remember how Nintendo had their Club Nintendo Rewards program. Uh, and depending on how many games that you purchased from the big N over the course of the year, you could win kind of fun, cool, exclusive little rewards from the company. I remember one, what year this was, but one year they gave you the offer of either a exclusive like punch out game for the Wii where you fought, where you fought the dock or, uh, a like Mario hat. And I'm like, mm, don't care much for punch out. So I got the Mario hat and it has served me well many a time 
when I don't really kind of have much time to assemble a Halloween costume, but I have myself a red shirt, uh, some blue-ish pants, and a Mario hat. I I don't know if Ninja Turtles count, but I was a Ninja Turtle one year. Well, definitely Ninja Turtles were, um, like, they were uh, video game characters, so... I know there was a an incident where we 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 did a group costume of the Ninja Turtles, and we all got the costumes and figured they'd be great. But my one friend, who's like six four, bought the same costume. No, <laughs> and it was know. very much not the right size for my friend, who's that tall. <laughs> it was funny. Wow. So it like it shrunk. I just sent Cozy two pictures. Well, I haven't dressed up as video game characters. I do have some boys who have dressed your, up as video game kids characters. Have, yeah. Um, oh hell yeah any video game themed characters planned for this year Uh, anyone got plans for halloween for this year first of all i'm taking kids trick-or-treating our company has a halloween party that i'm gonna hang out at for a little bit and uh i have some digital halloween parties i'll be participating in it's gonna be a fun time Mm -hmm. uh also my wife made two of those costumes the The link in the charizard Yep. Nice. So. When uh, when I was a kid, I was the uh, green Power Ranger, and Ooh, then eventually the, the white Power Ranger. I think yeah. I was the red Power Ranger one Halloween. I was too old to be a Power Ranger when Power Rangers... Mm. I would have been like... You're never too old, Nathan. Never too old to be a Power Ranger. Well, no, now as an adult, I think it's okay. When I was 13 or 14, I didn't. You were, oh, yeah, you were like, oh, that's lame. Do, do y'all remember the Mystic Knights of Tirnanog? No. So Mystic Knights of Tirnanog was an Irish-American fantasy adventure television series that was created by Saban Entertainment, the same company behind Power Rangers. I'm looking it up. Uh, and it was ridiculous because it was like these kids, and instead of transforming into Power Rangers, they would transform into like medieval knights. Oh, um, it's kind of like real, real out there reference. But, it's like Beetleborgs. Uh, I was one of them for Halloween. Very much akin to Beetleborgs. Yes. Yeah. Or, or just like Power Rangers. On yeah. the on the premise, uh, it's like yeah, them Super Sentai transforming. Oh, wow. I just meant Beetleborgs because it was like didn't really work. Yeah, I was definitely one of these guys for Halloween one year, and that was fun. Beetle, Beetleborgs is cool. But do you remember VR Troopers? Oh yeah. I remember I had the old, do you remember the old, um, I can't remember what they were, but they were like these like 15, $20 like games you would get. They were just like the single screen and it was only the one thing. Am I going crazy? No, Uh, I'm not sure. I I just remember having one of those kind of like, sort of like Game & Watch, but not Nintendo. Oh, like the Tiger Electronics ones? The Tiger Electronics ones, yes. Thank yes. you. I had one okay. of those that was VR Troopers, and that was fun. That would be a collector's piece now. I do want to say very yeah, quickly. Try to find it. It's probably somewhere in my parents' basement. Shout out to all the parents out there that uh, have kids that request very elaborate Halloween costumes of them and then proceed to actually do a real good job with said Halloween costumes. I unfortunately don't have any pictures of it on hand, but when I was a kid, I had a Liwa costume for Halloween. Liwa being one of the Toa from Bionicle. And my mom made the costume for me and she did a pretty good job, all things considered. So 
shout out to my mom and shout out to all the other moms out there that do a good job. I just want to say, as I've gone down the Wikipedia rabbit hole, this Mystic Night show had had a planned second season, but it was canceled so the budget could be re- reallocated to Power Rangers Lost Galaxy and the English dub of Digimon. Oh, well, okay, hey. Well, that, that, it, I mean, you know it, what? it died so better a, things a could survive. A noble sacrifice. Yeah, a noble sacrifice. I mean, what's wrong with the sub? We could have just stuck with the sub and gotten season two of Mystic Knights of Tiernanog. We couldn't have gotten prodigious, though. Don't forget, Mitch. All yeah. right, all right. We're moving on. We're moving on. We're moving on. All right. <laughs> so one of one of my um, conditions to hosting the show once again is I get to host my favorite thing ever, and that's rank them. So Ooh. we are definitely going to be playing a game of rank them tonight, and y'all are going to hate me, and it's going to be a great time because we are going to be ranking I, the best video game monsters, I, and I, I get must, to choose. I must say I have missed being able to hate you, Mitch. Oh, I'm so ready for this. I'm so ready for the hate. It's going to be so good. So for those who are new to this, or it's been a while since we've done a a proper rankum, you know, with the the rankum king hosting it, uh, we're going to go through, we're going to go through each of the hosts. We're going to have three rounds. Uh, The first round, each host is going to give me four games, I suppose. Three times four is 12. That makes sense. Uh, So you'll each have four monsters to present to me. Uh, I'll choose where they go on the list. Round two, you'll get to argue why one of your monsters is better than somebody else's on the list. If I agree, then I will bump everything down and put yours above their monster. Uh, And then in round three, which is the bonus round, which I forgot about until I was saying right now, uh, I will give you a monster (laughs) because I, and I've not prepped for this at all. So this is going to be a very interesting five to 10 minutes for me of putting a, a shitty list together. I will give you something that you have to present to me as the best video game monster, and I'll come up with a weird random way of deciding which one you get. Do the rules make sense? Sure. You got it. Hell yeah. You're supposed to say no, and I was going to go ahead anyway. So since everyone was so positive about that, I'm positive that AJ is going to give me his first monster first. Oh, hell yeah. You know what? Let's start off easy. All right. Hmm. And maybe even, maybe even a little creepy. That's right. The first monster at the top of this list has to be the Minecraft Creeper. Mm. Think about it. You're just mining away, enjoying life, doing what you're doing. And then all of a sudden, you're blown, you know, blocks upon blocks away down into a pit of law and you've lost everything including your life most likely uh it it it, it destroy it destroys the the beautiful artwork you've made um and it, and it can be a really obnoxious uh and even frightening thing to to stumble upon in in any uh setting like whether whether you're a new player or an experienced player a surprise creeper is never never a good thing it's 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 fun and exciting and and scary in all the in all the right ways especially for minecraft you know i've played minecraft like twice right i mean i've invited you over the last pan whole pandemic and you you just oh yeah sure maybe totally and then you just never do it because you're a wiener name me the last time you asked me to play minecraft with you motherfucker 2020 
when I had a server going for us, and then nobody joined but our server. It's coming to Game Pass. It's true. It is coming to Game Pass, and I'm kind of pissed I paid full price for it. <laughs> uh, for the Java version during that whole 2020. Oh, let's play Minecraft. It'll be great. Yeah, and then, and we did it then you never did. I did it twice. Sorry. Uh, it just wasn't with you. Um, so for now, it's going to go at number one. But you know how I feel about characters that I don't care about. Oh, so no. we'll see how that goes. Oh, but keep in mind that when you played Minecraft, you made it Pokemon. So your your experience may have actually been better. Uh, way better because it was Pokemon. And guess what wasn't in it? Creepers. Creepers. Yeah, that's right. Nathan, can I get your first uh, your first so monster, scary. please? Yes. So I've been thinking long and hard about this. Um, and I wanted an enemy or a monster that was iconic that, and I want to start off strong here, that you know this villain, it represents a franchise or this monster. It represents a franchise maybe more than any of the main characters. And we're going to talk about... Pyramid Head from the Silent Hill franchise. Um, it's a reoccurring villain. The Pyramid Head will strike fear into you when you see it in the game. Um, it is super ass creepy. Uh, it walks around and it kills you. It also can be your friend sometimes. So, um, but yeah, if I'm going to think of and it was even translated into the Silent Hill movie to be creepy and scary when they did the Silent Hill movie. So... I'm going to say Pyramid Head should be on this list at number one. So I I saw a really good Pyramid Head cosplay this past weekend. Mm. Um, and I have to agree that that, that character is no joke. I, as someone who does not have any affiliation with Silent Hill or that franchise, mm -hmm. I still think that this, that character means so much that of course, it's going to number one. Oh, God. Rude. This does. This is going to be difficult for me to do, but I'll figure it out. Uh, Cozy, you want to give me your first game? Yeah, sure. Uh, so from past experience, you know that I tend to screw around and have a bunch of uh, joke responses. But right here, right now, uh, for my first entry into tonight's uh, game of Rankin, I have a response that is no joke. Um my first pick is going to be Dead Hand from Ocarina of Time. Do any of you remember Dead Hand? It's, nope. it's a creepy hand that walks around, right? Okay. That's in the Spirit Temple. You right. all are close. Dead Hand is actually the mini boss uh, that you fight uh, basically at Below the, the bottom of the well. I have the, a video currently playing right here. And basically this guy's deal is he has a bunch of hands, which actually are not called dead hands themselves are called infinite hands that basically will reach out of the ground and attempt to grab you all the while dead hand himself will kind of slowly lumber his the way towards temple. you and the you have to temple. kind of do your best shadow temple. Correct. Thank you. Uh, all the while, uh, you have to kind of do your best to kind of keep your distance and strike him whenever you see an opportunity to do so. Um, there are a lot of like pretty messed up and uh, like scary things in Ocarina of Time and the Zelda series in general. But this boss in particular always stood out to me as like an especially like morbid and weird boss, much more so than even like the Redeads or the Gibdos in Ocarina of Time or Mojora's Mask. And yeah, I think as far as 
monstrous video game monsters go, the Dead Hand is a definite contender for one of the most of its kind. It's definitely the most of something. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's going at number three. <laughs> just because oh, wow. the other, the other, the other two are things I knew. And as someone who's beaten Ocarina of Time, I couldn't have told you this was in the game if you'd put oh. a bullet to my head. I remember so, it now that you brought up the video, but yeah, it's not doesn't it didn't stick out to me when you said it. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm fine with it being at number three for the time being. I just like, you know, you got to give credit to Nintendo back in the day during the early years of the Zelda series being like, we're not afraid to scare those kids. Those kids need a little jolt in their heart to remind them that they're still alive. The 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 re-deads were were enough of a of a fright. Hmm. Do you think you would have that- ranked it higher if I talked about the re-deads and said Mitch? Definitely not. AJ, you want to go <laughs> ahead with your next one? All right. Yeah. Let's let's go with the game. Let's 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 go all the way back to uh, 2007. Uh somewhere beyond the sea, if you will. Somewhere um, waiting for me. Sorry, go ahead. Is a big daddy ready to drill you to death in his scuba outfit, his old-timey scuba outfit. These, especially back back in the day, before, before you even had the mindset that you could potentially gamify a video game uh, enemy, it... These things, like, you'd see them lumbering around with, with their little sisters in tow, uh, protecting them, and you'd either have to challenge them head on, or you'd have to uh, do your best to try and sneak away and evade, because they would get incredibly defensive and incredibly uh, aggressive uh, if, if you got too close to the little sister, and... They did not give a fuck. They would end you. Like it was, it was a a challenge and a chore and 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 an absolute joy to ab- to try and maneuver through rapture and and get get through uh, the un- the underwater city and and try to evade these guys just so you can try to get to the other end and survive. The there's something about the big daddies that are absolutely enthralling not only do i find the big daddy's one of the best video game monsters of all time but one of the most iconic video game characters of all time you see that box art you know what you're looking at they ken levine Mm -hmm. and the team there did such a great job of crafting this narrative and making these characters feel menacing without much characterization to them um Mm -hmm. i love it big daddy going to number one hell yeah nathan give me your second pick so for my second pick, I've thought long and hard about this. Um, and I wanted to go back and look at what brought us to video games. What's the history? Where does the, the history start? And then I remember there's a game I played when I was a kid in the arcades that I actually played as the monsters. And this is going to be a three-way, um, a three-way entry. But we're talking about George... Lizzie and Ralph from Rampage. Oh. Um, they 
eat people, you destroy buildings, you ravage everything. Um, you are the monsters. You are literally eating people, reaching into buildings and stuffing them in your mouth and it gives you health. Um, and nowadays, I can't even imagine how, like, how did people not react negatively to that game in like such ways? Um, don't get me wrong. The game's not like the best game ever. And some of the sequels have been really, really terrible, but the, that iconic memory of those three characters on that cover and playing that game as you're climbing up and down the building, smashing windows, destroying the buildings, eating the people, um, really speaks to like being a monster. And here's the truth. You're the monster because you're the one doing this. Would it surprise you if I said that one of the most cherished memories I have in gaming is the Christmas that I got my PS1 with a box of maybe not legitimate copies of games? <laughs> okay. Because that was what happened back in the day. Mm -hmm. And the one that got play more than any other was never saw Spider-Man. But a close second was Rampage World Tour. And I love this. I love that you brought these up because I have such fond memories of these characters. But I need to know. Yep. Before I put this on the list. Okay. Have you seen the Dwayne Johnson-led Rampage movie? No, I have not seen that. I'll be honest with that. Well, you know what? Because of that, because you can't appreciate the art that is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> this is going to have to go at number three. Uh, oh. Below the Creeper, uh, or above Creeper, but below Pyramid Head, just because I'm not a Minecraft guy. All right. Fuck you. All right, Cozy. Let's get your second pick. All right. Uh, so, as you might recall, back in 1986, or maybe it was 1987, I don't remember. They all kind of meshed together. Um, a little game called Metroid came out for the NES. At the conclusion of Metroid, uh, you battle against the devious mother brain, which is a giant brain inside of a jar that you shoot many times uh, with missiles before it is finally felled. Uh, in Super Metroid, uh, the Imagineers at Nintendo decided, you know what? That was cool, but we can definitely do better. Uh, which is why for her return appearance in Super Metroid, Mother Brain transforms into a gigantic bioorganic monstrosity of kaiju-esque proportions, capable of just incredible her. destructions. Yep, Nathan just beat her. Uh, uh, and all sorts of bizarre and weird beams that cause you to take oh so much damage, especially if you don't have a lot of reserved energy tanks. Uh, of course, uh, you know, and I should specify before I go into this spoiler alert, um, in addition to posing a great threat to Samus, Mother Brain in this form is the being responsible for the ultimate end of the baby Metroid. You know, again, RIP, it'll forever remain in our hearts. Spoilers. Spoiler. Um, which makes it not just a monster in body, but also a monster in soul for forever causing players such misfortune and grief. And overall, I just like rewatching uh, the Super Metroid final boss fight now. Like, I really do got to give the designers of this particular final boss a lot of credit. I feel like it's very easy when it comes to this sort of like bio organic stuff to just create something that looks like just sort of like a mesh of like parts and disgustingness. But I feel like they managed to create a 
creature much like Samusarn herself who that has a a very good how should I say like silhouette like outline to her I feel like uh you if you task me with like drawing out a basic version of uh, mother brain on a piece of paper with a pen and you said you know gun to your head you got a minute to do so I feel like I'd actually be able to create a not bad approximation of it because the design is just it's readily apparent and very very strong so yeah, Mother Brain from Super Metroid. That's my pick. Yeah, it's a great, uh, great game, great character. Um, it's tough. I think I'm bumping everything. Uh, so I feel like the iconography of the Pyramid Head is going to keep it there for a long time. Mm. But we'll see if anything can get above that number two spot. But again, this one's going to go in at number three. Uh, above Rampage, but below Pyramid Head. So I'll type that in after. Um, I've decided for the sake of time that you guys are only going to get three rounds, Ooh. like three game, three monsters Ooh. in round one and the, the monsters in round three will make up for it and fill in our top 10. Okay. Uh, how does that, how's that sound? Works for me. Sure. Sounds good. Okay. So this is going to be your last game in round one, your last monster. And because... I'm throwing you curveballs left and right. Cozy, I need yours first. Oh, damn it. I was hoping that you would go through Nathan and AJ's first. Never! Uh, Mitch George from Press YZ. Whoa! Fucking got him! Doesn't make the list. No, Nathan, it does not go. make the list. <laughs> Um, okay, so I've got like a funny one and a not funny one. What type of mood are you in? Can you tell? A funny one. Okay, let's do it. I know you're familiar with this character and I can't say you're familiar with the other character. Um, and it seems to be I'm a curious default. to know who the other character is. Uh, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. Um, but let's just do it. Tom Nook. He makes you fucking Why? pay for houses and mortgages and taxes. And he turns you into like this continually money lending, um, money lending thing. And you know that he's going to break your kneecaps if you don't pay him your money back. Um, like there's right. monsters and there's figurative mo or like real monsters. And then there's like things that represent monstrous ideals. And Tom Nook represents adulthood and the monster of adulthood and what you need to do and not only is like he like he's preparing young children to pay mortgages and to understand finance at an age that they shouldn't need to understand that and he's the ideal tip of protocol monster in terms of what he does to people's lives while they're playing the games The idea of financial responsibility uh, being <laughs> being the reason I it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. And that's why it's going to be number one on this list. Tom Nook, a.k.a. Financial Responsibility from Animal Crossing is number one on this list. AJ, good, good luck. All right. Well, let, let, let's let's throw back to earlier in the podcast when we were discussing back for blood and it, it comparisons to left for dead 
one of the uh, special infected in Left 4 Dead is is absolutely horrifying, right? Now, one of the places where Left 4 Dead sort of excels is kind of in its music, and each special infected has its own kind of score when they're coming around. Like, they were this big moment, right? Very important moment that was going to happen, which I think is actually lap lacking because all the all the big infected are just meaningless uh, in Back for Blood, I find. Um, if you listen closely enough and shoot kind of in that general direction, you know, you can you can avoid, you know, getting your insides torn out, for example. However, it's different with The Witch. The Witch in Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2 is a special... Uh, it's a special infected that... It, she doesn't die as easily as the others, right? And, and her tune is is a bit of a combination of the these wailing wailing moans and that this these haunting screams um and worst of all um if 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 you somehow catch her attention she will she will stop and she will oh she she the the noise the growling noises that she makes are are so unsettling um you can't make any noise around her or else she'll go on the attack and she'll she'll jump on you you will no longer be able to shoot Others have to to save you, um, and it's the 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 claws on the end of her hands um, will will absolutely gut you, um, and what as as you're dying, like the 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 music change it. The, the witch is probably the the absolute most terrible because it for in a game that that is so fast paced um and, and and high action similar to back for blood the witch forces you to slow down and like be careful like not too dissimilar to to the birds maybe because they'll attract the horde but then the horde comes and you just go nuts anyway if the witch you catch the witch's attention you're done you're basically done unless all of you stop focusing on anything else and just focus on the witch. That's the witch. I told you I'd played like one session of Left 4 Dead, didn't I? It. I'm telling you, you need to play it more than Back for Blood. But old game is old. We had that argument earlier You're too. You're old. Well, that may be true. Uh -huh. Not as old as you. It's true. Um, and just because I want to keep rhyming, I'm going to put it at number two. Yeah. Wow. That did better than I thought it would. Wow. Hell yeah. God damn Ian wanting to rhyme all the time. All right. Just do Cozy. it again. I previously brought up an enemy from The Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. I brought up the Wait, final what are, what are boss. you doing? You already you already su you suggested your monster. I was going to move on to the next round. What are you what are you doing? <laughs> I'm bringing up uh, <laughs> another monster. <laughs> no, that was it. Round 1. You gave your third your third No, I'll, I'll give you one mulligan here. All right. I'll, I'll let you I take back you, saying Mitch. me. 
and you can come up with an actual you're monster. You're not as much of a monster as I initially made you out to be. I brought up a monster from the uh, from Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. I brought up a monster from Super Metroid. I figured we might as well complete this little Nintendo trilogy that we have going here. Uh, my third monster pick is the sun from Super Mario Bros. 3. I'm sure everybody remembers this level well. You start it up, you see a unusually pissed off looking sun in the corner, and you keep going and going and going. And for whatever reason, that sun just keeps sitting in the corner there, just content to scowl at you, uh, you know, without a seeming desire to you know, punish you for your misdeeds until oh, all of a sudden the sun is coming after you and it is coming after you relentlessly. And while this person that uh, we're currently showing off on screen right here was able to defeat it, chances are back in the day you were so scared, so confused, so just taken out of your element that you probably never realized that that was even possible. And the sun got you many a times as it did in my case. So yeah, overall for being a really unusual and really kind of subversive enemy and for also, you know, biding its time and kind of striking just when you think that everything is going to be okay, uh, I think that we got to hand it to the sun from Super Mario Bros. 3. Cozy, what system did Super Mario Bros. 3 release on? It originally released on the NES. The video you just showed us on stream. What version of the game is that? Oh, uh, no. This is the SNES version of the game from the Super Mario Bros. All-Stars collection. It is. And you trying to rig the system by showing us a video of a more menacing version of the sun as opposed to how it was originally portrayed on the NES. I, I, I played both. At number nine I played both on the versions under everything. I played both versions of Super Mario Bros. 3, and I don't remember the sun being like particularly more or less menacing in either version of the game. I have a number question. Number nine on the list. Can I yes, ask a question? And I'm going to post this yeah. on Twitter. Um, are is the angry sun in Mario and the moon in Majora's Mask related? Oh, they're mm. totally boning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm gonna ask this on Twitter because I think that's an important question that we should ask. Somebody, there was once an interview that they did with Shigeru Miyamoto and uh, what's his face uh, from the Zelda series. Uh, why am I blanking on this right now? The guy that's directed all the most recent Zelda series games starting with Majora's Mask. Come on, you guys know Zelda. Not as well as you. Anyways, they interviewed him and the I, other guy. I was only half, and they, I was only half listening. So. They asked him, like, hey, if the moon in Majora's Mask has a face, does the sun have a face as well? And both of them were like, I don't care. Move on. Next question. So... And with that, we'll move on to the next round as it yes, stands AGL out. Number Numa, nine, you've you. got... Number nine, you've got Angry Sun from Super Mario Brothers 3. Number eight, you have Dead Hand from uh, Ocarina of Time. Number seven, you have The Creeper from Minecraft. Number six, The Monsters from Rampage. And number five, Mother Brain from Super Metroid. Number four, Pyramid Head from Silent Hill. Number three, The Big Daddies from Bioshock. And number two, because I wanted to rhyme, is The Witch from Left 4 Dead. And at number one, also known as Financial Responsibility, is Tom Nook from Animal Crossing. So standings are as follows. Nathan's in first with nine points. AJ in second with eight and Cozy pulling up the rear with four points. I forgot to mention the scoring system off the top, but uh, entries. Uh, oh, this is actually. Where did Tom Nook rank when did on this the change? 
What? This is not how it used to be. Not how what used to be? The scoring has changed. It did? Yeah, y'all changed the scoring <laughs> of my game. I mean, I've been away for three months and y'all changed the scoring I, of my game. I mean, game. does it really matter? Or do we need to change the scoring on the fly? It might, and I might just do that, Cozy, just to okay. spite you further. I, I have a but, suggestion. You should, because the Angry Sun is at the ninth spot on the list, you should put a nine-point ranking next to it. I think that'll help you. Oh, yeah? Out. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, here, let me do that. So that'll be nine. And then the number eight spot, because it's an eight in it, is going to be uh, minus ten. Because <laughs> Cozy trying to be a little bitch. <laughs> Got him. Jeez. Scoring supposed to be six through ten are worth one point, two through five are worth two, and five is number one is worth three. But things have changed I, since I've been away. So. I would prefer it if it was like opposite. Like so, like rank one gets ten points, and then all the way down. Cozy, I've got terrible kinda... news. Oh no, the new bug snacks isn't going to have trophies. Ah, uh, damn. Oh, we didn't even talk about the state of play. Yeah, that happened. Uh, either way, I'll, I'll leave the numbers as they are. We'll move on to round two. In round two, each of you is going to get to argue why one of your monsters is better than another monster on the list. The person who originally suggested that monster will get a chance to rebuke. If I agree, then everything gets shifted down. Your monster goes above the one you argue argued against. Cozy, I'm going to cut you some slack here. You're coming in the rear, so I'll let you go last. Nathan... Have at it. Sorry? Oh, you <laughs> I go was doing first. my Twitter one of your... Oh, okay. Then AJ, since he's doing Twitter, you go first. What am I doing? God, do you guys not remember how the goddamn game works? Oh, wait. Oh, we're doing the speed round. We're... Sorry, I thought you no. were giving us monsters. That's what you talked about. No, round yeah. two is when you argue your monster against another monster. Round three is when I give you monsters. Oh, uh, I thought I thought we were further ahead. To be fair. Okay. No, in, no, in the no, times... no. We've only made it to round two, and it's 9.30, so let's get through this. To be fair, in the times uh, since uh, you've last been on the show that we've done Rankin, Mitch, we've kind of mixed up the formula a little bit. Like, we've done weird, different stuff for rounds two and three, so it's been a while since we've had a traditional quote-unquote version of the game well this is this is the traditional version so traditionally round traditional two mitch you Back argue why one of yours is better than somebody else's and they get a chance to rebuttal so aj come Hi. on pick a monster why is it better than a different monster on the list all right um hmm you know i gotta say the big big daddies are are a lot scarier than Tom Nook. You know, the 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 yeah, you know what? Tom Nook you should know better than to go into business with Tom Nook in the first place, all right? But going down into Rapture, like all you see are these lumbering giant monsters walking around with these little girls in tow who are clearly possessed by some sort of demon. Maybe you have to save them. Maybe you don't have to. Who can say? Maybe there's another way to end things. Who can say? But there's... You're... you're Yeah, you know what? You're forever in limbo with with Tom Nook from Animal Crossing, right? In, in this perpetual state of always having to owe more money and yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? You get to live your life on an island, uh, eating fruit, whatever. 
but you go down to you you essentially go to hell when and you have to face the big daddies and they're they're they will not put up with your shit tom nook yeah he might break your kneecaps one day but he's gonna be very patient with you about it he he I haven't been to my island in a long time. He probably forgets I even exist. You know who but, doesn't forget that you exist? I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a break here, Nathan. Yeah. Um, the banks never forget. <laughs> As someone who has taken on an astronomical amount of debt this previous calendar year, nothing is scarier in this lifetime than financial responsibility. So things are staying the way they are. I'll save you the trouble, Nathan. Don't worry about arguing. Tom Nook Tom is Nook. not a bank. And he proves that. Tom Nook stays at number one. Tom Nook, Tom Nook is the worst monster in all the video games. What? Uh, Nathan, Where did Tom yeah. Nook rank when we did our rank of the best video game villains? Could have been up there. I don't remember who was hosting that one. I'm fine with Tom Nook being in like a very highly ranked video game villain, but it does video game monster, I should say. But like having him top both lists feels kind of like, mm. like I feel like you Villains know you gotta pick a lane. Can be similar. There is um, a crossover in the Venn diagram. That's all. I'm Unfortunately, saying. that's the case. Yeah, and there's yeah, a slight but crossover, for... but like if you look at the TV show Dexter, he's a monster, but he ain't a villain. That's true. Think about it. Making you watch the show Damn is the it. villain. No, oh, no, it's a good show. I'm, I'm, I am come. I've come back around, and I'm like, you know what? I'm all in on season seven, and I'm all in on Hannah McKay. Hell yeah! That's the AJ Yvonne made Swarovski. a really good point at the end there, and I shouldn't have given him the opportunity to. Oh no! Don't but touch it, Mitch. You already, he's, you already. No, no, he's no! The you're villain. the. You know what? You're the boss. You're the. He's boss. the villain. He's not a monster. Monsters and villains so, can be the same. I'm sorry, Nathan. I'm sorry. I want to it's, say, for the uh, record, my argument was move. the opposite. I think he's the monster, not the villain. I just want the record oh, to be well, stated. And Mitch ran. Yeah, but you. With a yeah, but it was me arguing it. So arguing. therefore, my opinion is the one that matters. Cozy was not involved. I, I'm just saying Correct. to defend myself uh, for Nathan, so that Nathan isn't upset at me. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. For, for, you don't want to face Nathan's monster. If you know what I mean. I'm sorry, Nathan. It had to happen. But you know what? I'm going to give you the opportunity now. Let me know which one of these monsters needs to be ranked higher than another on the list. All right. Uh, quick um, question. Is uh, Big Daddy on two different spots on the list? Or is that being sorted out? Uh, it's going to get sorted out right now. Okay. I'll allow it. <laughs> Not going to happen. Okay. Um, let's fix something because we have one of the most iconic horror villains a little too low and i think pyramid head should be replacing um the witch okay and just up the spot pyramid head is an iconic villain as you discussed mitch you haven't even played the sign hill monster games. or monster monster sorry. monster not villains uh we just started talking about villains sorry it fucked up my head i know um so it's a super iconic monster which you know and you haven't even played the games or have very little experience with the games. Uh, meanwhile, you didn't know who the witch was. And for the record, you put the witch at number two because it rhymed, and now it ain't at number two. 
Oh, he makes a good point. AJ, can you can you argue against the fact that since it's not at number two, it no longer rhymes and I don't care about it anymore? I mean, the argument there is that it should return to number two, if anything. Um, and then Tom Nook should go down to number three. But I digress. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, Pyramid Head, like any other, like, even, like yes, he's from Silent Hill, but like, like Mr. X in Resident Evil, even like he'll lumber around and chase you around. And like, he's, he's got that kind of iconic look, but, but the witch being a zombie variant of, and and what she does to lure in her victims is is to, to cry like a, a, a young, uh, a young defenseless, uh, girl child, if you will. Uh, and and, uh, as if she's been injured and then suddenly, like, you go up and, and suddenly, uh-oh, you've got five fucking claws through your throat. That's, that's, that's horror, baby. That's a monster. That's a straight-up monster. You know what? The, the, the pyramid head is a dude with wearing a pyramid head. Carrying around a, a big axe. Lumbering around slowly. This, this witch sword, will jump on axe. you and claw your goddamn eyeballs out. It's a two-handed sword that he carries with one hand. Yeah, he, said it was he drags axe. it. He drags it. It's heavy. He's yeah. tired. He's a big, big tired boy. Yeah, I think Nathan's point about it no longer rhyming, so I don't care as much anymore, made more sense. So the witch is going to be moved down. Everything is going to get bumped down in Pyramid Head. I think we're up you. to number three. Cozy, let's finish off round two strong. Which one of your monsters uh, should be higher on this list and why? And which monster should it be higher than? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to make the argument for the Angry Sun from Super Mario Bros. 3 being a stronger monster than Pyramid Head from Silent Hill. And my argument is that I just feel like the Angry Sun is a more unexpected and far more troubling villain to encounter in the game's uh, game S, plural, in which he is encountered, uh, than Pyramid Head is in the game's plural in which he is encountered. Um, Pyramid Head obviously is an iconic villain with a very iconic visage, but the fact of the matter is that visually he's very kind of par for the course for the series that he comes from. Uh, in Super Mario Bros. 3, you know, you go into that platformer, be it on the NES or on the SNES, again, either or, uh, you know, expecting a, you know, fun, serendipitous Mario Bros. adventure and are just taken by surprise and shocked to discover such an angry, fearsome and fear-inducing uh, celestial body that's out to get you. And I think that, you know, for just subverting expectations and going against what you would expect out of uh, its respective genre. I think that the Angry Sun from Super Mario Bros. 3 on either the NES or the SNES or any other platform it's been re-released on uh, is deserving a special recognition. All right, Nathan, why why is the why does the pyramid head or how does the pyramid head do a better job of subverting expectations than the angry son from Super Mario Brothers 3? So I'm trying to think about how to word this. Subverting expectations is one thing, but blowing your expectations away is a second. And pyramid head blows your expectations away. I can't say it subverts because in Silent Hill, you're expecting to see creepy things. 
But nothing's as unsettling as when you see Pyramid Head and when he's um, doing things to mannequins he shouldn't be doing in that game when he you've come upon him. That's all I'm going to say. Pyramid Head is a monster in every single way. And it blows your expectations away and how it can be a monster as you're playing that game. So there are monsters on this list and then there are monsters. Uh, the latter of which I'm not really a fan of. Uh, that goes a little far for me personally, the whole Fun mannequin fact, thing. If you uh, misspell monster with an A at the end, you get monster. You take the star out of that. The sun is a star. Cozy, I was already making the move. You didn't have to you didn't have to keep going. Oh, wait, it's really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. I totally put I, Pyramid Head. That was, yeah, that was the mannequin thing was a step too far for me. So uh, it's going to get bumped down on the list. Okay. On to round three. And surprisingly enough, I have a list, once I can find it, of 20 monsters, of oh, which fuck. you guys selected none of them. Where's, wow. Where's my D20? Or actually, you know what? I've got my dice on my desk from D&D. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, oh wow. So, what we will be doing here, once I can find my good, good D20 here, is I'm going to roll for it for all of y'all. So, who wants to go first? Who wants to go first? Uh, will it... Will it... Wherever it lands, it, will it, you increase if, it by one there, point if I volunteer? Yes. I will okay, add one will to your score first. if you volunteer. I will go first. And I if will you get a, If you second. roll a nat 20, you can pick any number you want. Okay. And if it's a nat 1, I get to pick. And son of a bitch. I don't know if you can tell there, but that was a nat 20. Oh, wow. hell yeah. So, AJ, you get to pick any number you want. Any number I want. I'm going to go with number 11. Number 11. Okay, so remember, this is, the, this is the list where, or this is the part where I'll give them a monster and they have to argue why this monster deserves to be on this list of best video game monsters. Right? You ready for this, AJ? Ready. Wobbuffet. Wobbuffet. Oh, my God. This this guy is such a monster in like the opposite way, right? So because Pokemon. yeah, yeah. Well, so the Pokemon. So like, if even if you take like, yes, we're talking about video games here, but the interpretation from the anime is the one that sticks out the most. Where, That's totally fair. Yeah, we can stick right? with the anime version if you'd like, because it's inspired where, by the game. Absolutely, where he just pops up out of nowhere for no reason. He's being a monster, right? Um, it just he, he pops out out of nowhere and, and interferes with whatever the hell is going on uh, and annoys everybody, right? And so it's it's that it's not that ooh big spooky jump scare kind of gotcha monster. It's that that slowly grating on your sanity monster. Like like imagine like a game like Amnesia or Slenderman. But instead, it's Wobbuffet. That that's that's the essence of of Wobbuffet as a as a video game character, right? Not to mention, you know, he's very resilient in battle uh, to an extent. Um, Not in the slightest, but that's okay. 
it's fine. Um, <laughs> I, I the one honestly the one the the ones that I caught back in the day were actually fairly resilient. I I found them to be like back in in gold and silver and shit. But I digress. Those that was my personal experience. But yeah, Wobbuffet is the Slenderman of Pokemon, and and he is a pocket monster. He is in fact a pocket monster. And the fact that you touched on that, uh, as well as the rest of that fine argument, I think Wobbuffet's going to come in just above the witch from Left 4 Dead at number okay. five. Okay. All right, Cozy, you wanted to volunteer to go second, so I am going to roll for you. And we roll a 19. A 19? I don't know how well that came through, but it was a 19. Okay. So with 19 on the list... I need you to argue why Shedinja is one of the best video game monsters of all time. Shedinja. So this is the ghost bug type Pokemon, correct? Are these all Pokemon? They might be. (laughs) I could have seen I man, I almost said Charizard in the main thing. Holy fuck. Oh yeah. no, this is bad. No, cozy. Cozy. Yeah. Why is Shedinja one of the best video game monsters of all time? So, you know, there are certain immutable rules when it comes to the world of Pokemon. You know, uh fire uh, type moves are super effective against uh grass type Pokemon. Psychic type moves are super effective against fighting type Pokemon. And generally, if uh, your moves aren't necessarily super effective, but at least are normally effective against a Pokemon, uh, they will do damage against it. Uh, Shedinja throws this out the window. Thanks to Shedinja's signature ability, Wonder Guard, uh, any move that is not super effective uh, will do zilch damage towards it. Now, that sounds like a pretty OP ability, and it is. The drawback is that Shedinja has only a single hit point of damage, and its uh, hit, uh, ability does not prevent it from taking damage from moves that are super effective towards it. So fire-type moves, uh, ghost-type moves, rock-type moves, etc. So say theoretically you were to come up against a Shedinja, and you have a move on your team that allows you to get through it. All right, No problem at all. But we all know, we all know that we've all been in that scenario at one point in our lives, in our time playing the Pokemon games, where we've encountered a Shedinja, and we've not had a single move to counter it, and it's lights out. That's the thing about Shedinja. You just look at it, you think, oh, it's a kind of a weird, odd, unassuming bug ghost type Pokemon based off of these shells that cicadas, um, you know, uh, expunge themselves of when they molt. Uh... Yet, with just the right scenarios, uh, what becomes an unassuming bug can become an absolute monster. That was really, to be honest, that was more just an education lesson on who Shedinja is, because I feel like not a lot of people know who he is. But I hope you enjoyed my TED Talk all the same. I'm going to say that was more of a TED Talk than an argument as to why he's a great monster. For, uh, for the record, he, he AJ... The expunge... Mm-hmm. Uh, hold on, I do want to ask AJ. This is like irrelevant yeah. to the what we're doing, but AJ, Nathan, did you understand my explanation of what Shininja is? A little bit. Okay, I wasn't listening. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. I I don't like the word expunge 
it's one of those words like moist or girth that mm. just it, it it rubs girth me the wrong way. Uh, so for that I reason, mean, a monster number number eleven. A monster is meant to rub you the wrong way. You know that, Mitch. I didn't need to hear that. All right, Nathan, I'm going to be nice. Yes, this is a list of all Pokemon. Yes, I want to do something stupid. There are seven first-generation Pokemon on this Ooh, list. Okay. Actually, six, and I added a seventh for flavor. Yum. I'm going to let you pick a number from one to seven, and that will be the monster you get to argue for. So this way, I can almost guarantee you'll know it at least, and then you can go from there. Okay. I will go with... Lucky number one. Uh, for a second there, I thought you were going to say lucky number seven. And seven is the one that I added. And you actually probably would have had a good time with it. Okay. But instead, with lucky number one, you get to explain to me why Magikarp is one of the best video game monsters of all time. Okay, so Magikarp. I'm very familiar with Magikarp. It's a useless <laughs> fish Pokemon. Um, I believe its only ability is Splash when you get it. And it splashes around and does nothing. I think um, in later games they added tackle at level fifteen, you, so you can at least use it in battle to earn experience. I, I think I think that's actually in it from the beginning at level fifteen. No, oh, was it? I feel yeah, like that, that was way, added later because otherwise be the only thing you can do is switch it in and out. But so, whatever. but okay. So here here's how it's a monster. In order to evolve it to a Gyarados, you have to continually keep it in your party to do a move to then take it out and balance it back and forth in and out of battle continuously every battle you have, just adding more steps into you playing these battles, making them take longer so that your stupid Magikarp can get experience so that it can evolve into a Gyarados. I'm going to be fucking honest, I evolved one of these motherfuckers into a Gyarados one time uh, when I had Pokemon Blue, and it was the fucking worst. And that was a monster of an experience that I just did not appreciate. Um, anyways, that, that is my talk about why Magikarp is a monster. And figuratively, it's the time put into evolving it into uh, Gyarados is the monster. To give a little you bit put of so much that was like the most emphatic any of us have been with any of the arguments tonight. And I appreciated that passion so much so that I've put Magikarp from the Pokemon series at number one on this list of the best video game monsters. I'm the best oh, Pokemon wow. explainer. Not bad. To give a little <laughs> bit of context, Nathan, Gyarados is a water flying type Pokemon. But in the like first generation of Pokemon games, Gyarados got like barely any like water or flying type moves. So you couldn't mm -hmm. really kind of take advantage of his sort of innate characteristics. It was only in latter Pokemon games that they gave him like good water and flying type moves that made him mm. really kind of powerful and effective. Interesting. Well, with that, we can wrap up this game of rank them. <laughs> At number 10, you've got the creeper from Minecraft and number nine, the monsters from Rampage. At number eight, Mother Brain from Super Metroid. At number seven, The Witch from Left 4 Dead. At number six, Wobbuffet from Pokemon. At number five, Pyramid Head from Silent Hill. At number four, The Angry Sun from Super Mario Brothers 3. At number three, Tom Nook from Animal Crossing. At number two, The Big Daddies from Bioshock. And at number one, Magikarp from Pokemon. I stand and by. The final yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say the final tally is as follows. Cozy scored three points. And winning with 11 over AJ's 8 
Nathan that, is our monster master for twenty twenty one. I think that's a that's a, a sign for Nathan to start playing a, a soccer game, winning eleven. Do you remember that old soccer game? Yeah. Maybe it's a sign to play more Pokemon. Maybe. Play some Pokemon on stream. I think it's I think the uh, the other name for it is um Pro Evolution. Yes, uh, Pez. And it's not Pro Evolution, yeah. it's now eFootball. E- mm. Yeah, eFootball 2022. I stand I stand by that Dead Hand was a good choice for a villain. I think that his obscurity was the only thing holding him back. I think otherwise, design-wise, like gameplay-wise, he was a truly monstrous monster. And I'll just leave it at that. Oh, yeah, he's fucking horrifying. Oh, Mitch, you were asking about the one that I didn't use? Yes, please. I wasn't sure if you knew or not. So uh, instead of Tom Nook, it was the Death Clause from Fallout. I I'm, I'm familiar with that, but I'm more familiar with some of the other things I didn't know, like the witch, yeah, uh, like I, Pyramid Head. So it's probably a good call to go with Tom Nook. I almost I almost pitched um, the elites from Halo, but specifically the ones from Halo Reach. But I chose not to because I didn't want to spoil Cozy on that experience. They would have done real well. I'm just saying yeah. that now. They were yeah. on my list of serious monsters to add to this list, and then I found, I the, and then I thought monster pocket monster what's the list of worst pokemon and found all 20 on that list where would you put the ghost from pt uh pretty low but if you'd said boo from mario that probably would have ranked pretty high oh yeah or dry bones Mm. dry bone probably more dry bones is a monster than boo boo's kind of a ghost and i think ghosts and monsters are separate deities i was gonna potentially bring up the character from splatterhouse as well if you're familiar with the old splatterhouse games I'm not, and if you're good, I am ready to wrap this Oh, bitch yeah, let's up. do it. All right, well, thank you once again for tuning in to Press YYZ. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to follow on Twitch, subscribe on YouTube, and review us on Apple Podcasts. All of those things are free. There are free things you can do to support us, support this dumb dream we have of making stuff and talking about stuff and being overall goofy. Uh, you can also check us out on Twitter at Press YYZ. Free, follow, costs nothing. Please do. Uh, as well as join us on Discord, where we are very active over at invite.gg slash pressyyz, where we keep the conversation going 24-7-365. Find links to the socials for us and everything else we do in the description of this podcast recording, whether it be audio or YouTube. And until next time, thanks for playing. <laughs>